welcome to the Human Flourishing Project. I'm your host, Alex Epstein. Today, we're continuing our discussion from last week of relaxed productivity. But before we get started, I want to recap last week and also just tell you a little bit about the show in case you're new. So the show is called The Human Flourishing Project. As you might imagine, it's very focused on human flourishing, which I think is just about the most important thing in life because what human flourishing means is human beings living to their highest potential. And a big part of human flourishing is that we want to succeed in life in a way that integrates the material realm and the mental realm. And this requires a lot of thinking and a lot of study, since it's definitely not automatic that we achieve this state. Uh, most people rarely do. So it's really important, I think, to have a, a discussion in the culture about human flourishing. And then one of the root premises of, of how I think about it and how this show approaches it is that to get the knowledge we need to flourish, we really need much better systems for getting knowledge and also systems for applying knowledge and also related to that systems for explaining knowledge. One of my core convictions is that we just don't have really good methods and systems of getting the knowledge we need about a lot of things, including human flourishing. And thus, it's really hard to figure out what's true. And most people who do know what's true, who have figured things out, are not very good at explaining them. So often, my focus in this show is, is how do we develop better internal systems ourselves for figuring out what's true so that then we can ultimately flourish. And last week, I talked about a concept that I call relaxed productivity, which is a concept that's trying to capture uh, something that integrates both the material and the mental because it's, it's productivity, which itself is both material and mental. But there's an emphasis when I talk about relaxed on how we experience productivity because I think it's tragic that so many people experienced productivity in a stressed way, dominantly, or even a tortured way, which is pretty common. And if we're thinking about human flourishing, there's something really off with that. And I think at, all, at one point or another, we've all had the experience where we're engaged in productivity, but we feel relaxed. And, and it's not just relaxed. It in, I'm just trying to capture a state which, which you can probably relate to where at some point you felt like you have purpose and energy and confidence. And part of that has been exhibited by there's just a relaxation about it. And I mentioned last week that one key element of relaxed productivity is what we discussed in week seven, which is rejuvenation. So definitely check out that episode if you haven't. The more we can be good at rejuvenating or renewing ourselves, including our mental and physical energy, the more we can be at, in this state of relaxed productivity when we are working. So that's one big thing. Uh, but last week, my dominant focus in the introduction to relaxed productivity was what I call separating what thinking from how thinking. Separating what thinking from how thinking. And what thinking is thinking about what we want to be doing. And how thinking is the thinking that actually goes into doing it. It's figuring out how to do it. And what I found with myself and in studying others is that it's very easy to combine these two, but it's it's incredibly unpleasant and ineffective because 
thinking about what we're going to do in life itself requires a lot of focus and it's quite difficult. And if we don't take the time to do that pretty thoroughly and then we just jump into the how, then we're while we're doing the how, we're not going to be confident in it and we're going to be distracted and it's going to be miserable. And so I'm very big on thinking through the what to the point where we have what I called calendar comprehensiveness. You could also call it calendar confidence, where we feel like we've identified what we want, at least in the upcoming days and week. And we know that everything we really want to do that's a real priority is taken care of. And then we can really relax with the how because we know, okay, I know that future Alex is going to take care of this. And I know that past Alex has thought through everything that future Alex really needs to do in the next week. So now present Alex can relax and say, give this podcast versus if I had no idea, I felt like, well, I've got a million things and I don't really know what I want to do. Maybe I'm missing something. Obviously that's not going to be relaxed productivity. So that's what we covered last time. I sometimes, I have this annoying habit. I sometimes say we covered and I have to think through myself I, whether that's really annoying. Maybe somebody can uh, can tell me, but you weren't actually here. You were here in, in spirit though. Hopefully you found it, it useful. But so last time I covered that, the general idea of relaxed productivity, getting us, trying to get ourselves to focus on it. And then this idea of separating what thinking from how thinking which ultimately manifests itself in calendar comprehensiveness or calendar confidence. And I I went into a lot of specifics, among other things, about how some tips for achieving this, so definitely check out that episode if you haven't heard it. This week, I want to cover two other concepts that I've found extremely helpful to relaxed productivity and thus human flourishing more broadly, And also that I I have had somewhat recent experiences in the last several years of sometimes getting wrong, and it's, it's been very stark to me how much these matter. As I mentioned last week, relaxed productivity is something that I I do quite well. It's something that I focused on in general in my adult life, but in particular, when I turned 38 on August 1st of this year, which depending on when you're listening to this, this might be the same year you're listening to it, but it's, it's August 1st, 2018. I made a note to myself that I want to experience relaxed productivity every day. And that that really focused me on thinking about, okay, when am I not doing this? What's causing it? And these two concepts I'm going to discuss today, cash confidence and collaborator confidence, I've found to be just hugely influential positively if they're in place and negatively if they're not in place. And as I discuss those I'm going to discuss something underlying these concepts and really underlying so much of thinking about human flourishing, which is the idea of thinking through implications, thinking through implications. So I'll I'll explain that when I get to it, but that, that might even be the biggest takeaway from the episode is how to think through implications. So let's start out with cash confidence. And I'll warn you in advance This might seem too obvious, but I'm not sure that it's obvious, but I'm sure that it's not common practice. So hopefully, even if it's, 
even if it seems like, why are you telling me this? Isn't this obvious that there's something really there? And there's also something to most people don't have it, even if they, even if it seems obvious. So I'll give you my, my, one of my experiences, maybe seven years ago or so when I started my current business or one of my businesses, the Center for Industrial Progress in August of 2011. And I remember near the beginning of that, uh, the feeling of not having what I'm calling cash confidence. Now, by the way, that, that particular phraseology, which I'm pretty fond of, I got from my friend and mentor and coach Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach. So check them out at strategiccoach.com. So I just didn't want to appropriate his phraseology without mentioning him. But I really, I really like that term cash confidence. So I've been using it myself. Anyway, back in 2011, I remember distinctly going from having a salary to no salary and having not that much money in the bank, but having this idea of, I think there can be this center for industrial progress. I think I've got an idea here. I remember that I was not very relaxed. And again, this is going to seem obvious, but it was because I was not confident that I was going to have cash coming in. And what that reflected was I wasn't confident about my future. I wasn't confident that what I was doing was really going to sustain me in the future. And thus, as a, a mentor of mine put it, he said when he saw me the first time after I had started the business, he said, you know, Alex, I'll bet you've got a knot in your stomach all the time. And I said, yeah, how did you know? And he knew because he had started businesses before, probably in cash poor positions and that was a, a difficult kind of thing. So that that's not too interesting in and of itself that cash confidence is an issue and and impedes relaxed productivity at the beginning of a business, particularly where we don't have any kind of capitalization. Maybe in a startup you feel pressure, but at least you know that you know where your next meal is going to come from. Whereas if you're really low on cash, as I was, there is a kind of uh, scariness to it. And but. So that's kind of interesting that you begin a business this way. But what became more interesting to me over the years is that on several occasions in the course of the business, I have had experienced a lack of cash confidence. That is, I wasn't confident that enough cash would be coming in in the future. But there is a big difference between this later lack of cash confidence and the earlier one, which is in the case of the later lack of cash confidence, the issue wasn't really an issue of lack of income. That is, it, it wasn't that I couldn't figure out a way to make enough income to support me in terms of just the business running in a normal way. What had happened was I had over-invested relative to the cash that I could expect to come in. Uh, there's a concept uh, I got from Jeff Bezos where he talks about different kinds of bets that the company makes that a company makes. And he says, I'm all in favor of making bets. I make a lot of bets and I lose a lot, but I get a lot of payoff for the ones who win that win. But he says, I don't make bet the company bets. That is, I don't invest an amount of money where if I lose it, it's going to threaten the entire company. And what I noticed looking back across the years, there have been a few times in the history of my company where I made bet the company bets and then those bets weren't going well. And then I experienced this 
this almost torture, or at least anxiety, definitely stress of lack of cash confidence. So I would just, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't just relax and do all my work because there was this feeling in the background of, well, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay everyone. I don't know if this is like, are we doing the right thing? There was just this, this situation I had put myself in. But the interesting thing is that I had put myself in the situation that I had, you know, I had thought of myself as, okay, I'm trying to flourish. I'm trying to make the business flourish. And when I was making an investment, so let's just say, just hypothetically, like we're investing in a certain marketing firm. And usually what would happen is making several investments at once. And then I would, I was trying to act in my interest. And yet what I accomplished in doing that was by betting too much, I would undercut this basic confidence and enjoyment that I experienced during my work. And I would go through months where I would feel way, way stressed, like way more compared to usual because I wasn't sure about the cash situation. But again, this was something that I caused myself. It wasn't, there There could be a situation where just, oh, people lose interest in my work and I need to totally change. And, you know, that itself would have stress too. But it was interesting to me reflecting on it that I deliberately chose to make these investments that I didn't really have to. And that I, I, and if I was making these bet the company things, these bet the company investments, and that I was jeopardizing uh, my, my whole enjoyment of the work by creating this lack of cash confidence. And you may recognize this. This is a, a similar thing I think happens in, in life where sometimes people are investing or spending a lot of money in their personal life and maybe even thinking, hey, I've got to rejuvenate. I want to, you know, I want to relax. I want to go on this vacation. I want to enjoy time out with my friends. But then they extend themselves to the point where they can't enjoy those diversions or rejuvenation as much because they're stressed about that. And then they're stressed in their entire lives. So they're um, they're acting in a way that they're they're trying to flourish, including they're trying to rejuvenate, which implies they want to experience a lot of relaxation in life. But they're doing it in such a way that they're undercutting one of these conditions of being truly relaxed throughout one's life, which is cash confidence. I mean, may, I'm not necessarily saying everybody, if they're not cash confident, they can't be relaxed. But in my experience, there, I think there are logical reasons why those two things are very, very uh, related. And so whenever I find myself making a mistake like this, where I'm undercutting the conditions of my flourishing in the attempt to flourish, I find it very, very interesting. And then I wonder, okay, what what is going on? What's going on in my own internal thinking systems that's causing me to do this? Because if it's causing me to make this kind of error repeatedly, there's something going on that I can figure out that could be really, really beneficial to me to figure out and may harm me a lot if I don't figure out. So that's the question there. And before I get into an answer, I just want to talk about another condition of relaxed productivity, which is collaborator confidence. So if we think about cash confidence, I think of that as, okay, I know that from a resource standpoint, 
like I can relax in part because I know that the resources that I really am going to need, including if I had a family, my family needs, that my lifestyle that I've committed to needs. And, and by the way, lifestyle can be a whole issue where people want more rejuvenation, but it actually causes them stress because they have too expensive a lifestyle. That, that's what I was talking about before in part with lack of cash confidence in in personal life. So there's this, there's just this, it's so much easier to have relaxed productivity to enjoy our productive life when we feel like, and really when we know, okay, the financial part of things is is good. It's in place. And of course, and not that there will never be uncertainty, but that uncertainty, we've got it under control. We can look to the future. If we see our income going down a little bit, we can adjust. But in general, we're just in this cash confident position. And then we can really focus on creating great stuff and just enjoying that. And that's that's so much of what I'm talking about with relaxed productivity. So that's the cash confidence part of it. Now, collaborator confidence for particularly if you run a business where your collaborators are employees or contractors, this is another one where it's so good if it goes well and so bad if it doesn't. So if, if we talk about it it not going well, I think anyone who's run a business for any amount of time has had points at which people they've collaborated with who have committed to doing something in the business where it's just not working very well. And if you're in a small business, everyone doing something in the business is a part of the business. And thus, if you don't have confidence that that's being done well, it's very, very hard to enjoy what you're doing because you know that, okay, there's something else and I don't know what's happening. So I'll give you, I'll give you a positive example uh, that that highlights what can go wrong, which is my 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 longtime assistant Nikki Norris, who actually today this is a Friday, I forget what exactly is it like September twenty eighth or so, whatever Friday at the end of September. Like she's she's not my full time assistant after today, so that that's a a sad thing. She's going on to cool stuff, but it's it's sad because she's a really great assistant, and one of the great things about her is she's just amazing at dealing with people, particularly our customers. So I know that when Nikki's talking to somebody or emailing them, I have complete confidence that she's going to handle that in a very professional way and friendly way to the point really where people prefer interacting with her to to interacting with me. So that's an amazing thing. And what I've had to think about with her replacement is, okay, how do I make sure that I don't have someone that I'm nervous about how they interact with customers? Because We've, if you have a business, again, you've probably dealt with people who don't interact well with customers, and then you can't relax because you're just worried about that all the time. And then you can't be relaxed producing what you're really good at because you have to worry all the time about them doing a bad job of producing what what they're supposed to be helping you with. And looking back at my decisions in terms of collaborators, one thing I noticed, and this this parallels the cash situation, was... I would sometimes just look at, I would look at the upside of a collaborator. So I'd say, well, if I bring this person in, then we'll make more money and we'll produce more and we'll do this and we'll do that. And that that's certainly a possibility. But I didn't really think concretely about, okay, what's the downside? What's going to happen if the collaborator doesn't work out well? If they, they take something, quote unquote, off my plate, but then 
then it's actually worse if they're handling it badly because it's outside my control and it's being done badly. So it's, it's even worse. I'm more stressed, more taxed than if I was doing it myself. What's that going to be like? And I, I would notice and look in the past and say, you know what? I haven't really thought through that very well either. So I'm, I'm making decisions about cash where I'm investing, uh, you know, I'm investing cash in things where if, if they don't go well, then I'm not going to be cash confident. And then I'm also initiating collaborator situations where I'm not prepared for them not going well. And thus I'm putting myself in a situation where I'm not collaborator conf- confident. And if I look at the most stressful periods of my life in business, it's it's where there's the coll- lack of the collaborator lack of confidence is even worse where but they usually go together where not sure about cash and I'm not sure about collaborators. And in both cases, what I've noticed is these were things that I brought on myself. I didn't really need to do them. Now, sometimes it can be good to have a collaborator that can take work off your plate, but I didn't strictly need to do it. And yet sometimes I'd I'd create a situation where I created this potential downside that was really, really bad and was misery inducing. And again, I think, okay, I'm somebody who's really focused on flourishing. Why is it that when I'm making these decisions, I'm not thinking about, like, I'm not thinking through the potential downside, and thus I'm not, I'm not truly considering the problems of lack of cash confidence and lack of collaborator confidence. Whereas if I did think through them, maybe I'd approach them differently. For example, with the collaborator, maybe... I, of course, I want more collaborators, but maybe I'd bring them on in a way where I didn't give them too much responsibility initially or I didn't hire them until things were proven more. Because maybe if I or you know, I gave them certain responsibility, but I made sure that someone else was taking similar responsibility so that I, I wasn't in the position where there's a crucial function of the company and, it, and it's in the hands of an unproven person. So I consider that like a bet the company type collaborator bet. And that's something we should be very wary of. And I noticed, again, I wasn't being wary of it. And so this this goes to the the method issue that I wanted to talk about today that I, I think is just it's one of these thinking method and thinking method ideas that just keeps on giving because it's just it describes so much and it's just worth thinking about how can I do this more? How can I do this more? How can I do this more? And this is the idea of thinking through implications, thinking through implications. And to understand why this idea is so important, I think it's, it's valuable to go back to the idea that human life is a very complex and integrated phenomenon. There are, we have all these different elements of life, material elements, mental elements, elements that combine all of these. We have these different areas. We have different kinds of relationships, personal relationships, romantic relationships, family relationships, and then we have all these different aspects of productivity, and we have rejuvenation needs, and we have potential hobbies. They're just all of these things, and then, then we have... We have our mental health, we have our physical health, we have our material abundance or lack thereof. They're all of these moving parts. And we ourselves are these very, our lives are these very complex processes or even systems 
that are integrated, and which means that they are very interrelated. And then the, the implication of that, which is why thinking through implications is important, is that whenever we take action, and in particular whenever we have something like a habit that's going to mean a lot of action, that has consequences throughout our life. And the better we can be at thinking through, okay, what is the consequence of doing X? What is the consequence of doing Y? What is the consequence of doing Z? The, the better we can think about how is that going to affect every other aspect of my life? So there's, there's I think of it as there's a wide range integration here, the wide ranging implications. How is this one thing going to affect other aspects of my life? Wide range. And then also, how is it going to affect it long range? So I'll take the example with cash confidence of, let's just say, we are thinking of, let's just say you have a, a company and you're thinking of investing in a, let's say you're early on in your company, you're thinking of investing in a marketing firm. And let's say you have $500,000 in revenue and $50,000 in profit, and you're thinking of bringing on a really high-level marketing firm that is going to charge you $150,000 a year. So you're in a situation where you're making $50,000 in profit, things are working, and then you decide, okay, there's this really attractive firm, they seem really good, and they're going to charge $150,000. You think, okay, I got to take it to the next level. Now, I won't say you should never do that, but this idea of thinking through implications is just so important because it's just easy to think through, okay, what is going to happen to my company if this works out really well? Maybe we'll go from 500000 to a million, okay, and then our expenses will have gone from four fifty to five fifty. so then all things be equal, we'll have a profit of four fifty, you know, four hundred fifty k, and that'll be great, and then I can do all of this stuff. It's very easy to think through that, and that is uh, a possibility. But then, of course, it's important to think through on that axis. Well, what if this goes badly? And what if what if we don't get anything on our investment? Or what if actually, and this is a really important thing to always think about, what if it makes things worse? What if they propose a kind of marketing that actually alienates our customers and then we go from uh, 500 in revenue to 400 in revenue or 300 in revenue? Or what about the time that it's going to take me to interact with these people. What's the opportunity cost of that? What are going to be implications of that where I'm spending, let's say, 15% of my time with the marketing firm? What's that going to detract from? So that's that's just thinking in terms of long range on the, the business financial um, aspect. But there are other aspects too as well, which go to my own experience with cash confidence, which is, okay, well, if we do if we do get in a cash crunch, what is that going to be like? How am I going to experience work? If I want to enjoy and be fulfilled by my work, how am I going to experience that? How are my coworkers going to experience that if they know about the different financial pressures? And thinking, and then how is that going to affect the different aspects of my life? How is this going to affect my personal relationships, my rejuvenation, the amount of time I have to do things? What is it going to be like to have a lack of cash confidence, what's that going to be like through my entire life? What are what are all the implications of that in every area? 
And I think it's it's very rare to do this. And and just to point the finger at myself, what I've noticed in the past is there are areas where I don't do this and then I get burned later. But it's important that the burning is usually something that is very predictable or at least very possible if I'm thinking through implications. If I if I have the the very deliberate practice of saying, okay. I'm going to look through the potential long-range and wide-range consequences of a certain course of action. And then with other courses of action, I'm going to look through those as well. That, to the extent I can do that, then I'm going to think about something like cash confidence. But if I, if I have the concept of, oh, I want to be cash confident, but I don't think through implications, what's going to happen is I'm thinking about some other issue, like I'm thinking about growth, which is another important issue. And I'll just get in this mindset of, oh, I just want to think about growth. How can I invest in growth? Growth, growth, growth. That's all that's going to be on my mind. And then I'll just I'll have these blinders and I'll just be thinking about, oh, well, this could be really great for growth. And if it doesn't work, I guess it won't be that great for growth. But you got to invest in growth. But without thinking through the implications... I'm going to be blind to this issue of cash confidence as well as innumerable other issues because I'm not on the premise of looking at all the wide range and long range implications. What happens is I can just get stuck on one potential area of human flourishing but ignore all the interrelationships. And one of the keys to thinking in terms of human flourishing is that we're always looking at the whole. We're looking at the system. We're looking at how everything fits together. And so as important as it is to say, oh, this is a key aspect of human flourishing, it's even more important to say, I'm going to commit myself to thinking through the implications of every course of action that I consider, because that's going to activate my knowledge about human flourishing. That's going to really make me think in terms of human flourishing, in terms of an integrated life versus just wanting to flourish, but then looking at these things in blind isolation and then having very negative consequences. And same thing applies with uh, in terms of, of hiring people is just thinking about, okay, what what could go right if this happens? What will be the different causes of that? And then also what could go wrong? And if you're employing somebody, just in my experience, one thing we just don't think of nearly enough is how is that going to affect our time and how is that going to affect our psychology? How is that going to affect our enjoyment of work if it doesn't go well? And then the more we can think about that, the more we can maybe come up with alternate ways of handling things where we protect ourselves against that downside significantly, but we still have the upside of having a really good employee. But or at least that that yeah that potential upside but if we're not committed to thinking through implications then we're not going to get there and we're just going to time and time again have these isolated aspects of life that we're trying to pursue and then our pursuit of those will contradict the whole just as people who keep increasing their lifestyle costs as their income goes up and so they they never really have much confidence that they're going to have enough money in the future because they're always spending everything they get. Uh, like that's that feels like they're pursuing their interests, their own flourishing, but it isn't. It's it's the the pursuit of the part is contradicting the whole because they're not thinking through implications. So positively speaking, 
the more you can think through implications, the better. And I mentioned that this is just the idea that keeps on giving because you can do it on any level. You can do it on just your decision of how you're going to spend your weekend. Just think about, okay, how is that going to reverberate positively or negatively through life? How is that going to affect the future? How would it affect things if maybe, let's say you're starting a business and it's insecure? Like, what if you could spend four extra hours on this area, what would that accomplish? But then what might it be at the expense of? You you can think this through with courses of action, but just as profoundly, maybe even more profoundly, you can think it through with principles or policies or practices. So when somebody says, hey, you should act this way in life, like let's say you should market your product this way. So, so let's say somebody says, well, you should... M- automate all of your email interaction with customers. You know, you think about, okay, what is that? What are the implications of that? How is that going to play out in potentially good and bad ways? So good, well, I won't have to spend so much time on email and I wish I could spend less time on email, but maybe bad, maybe, well, this might, this might anger customers and it might make you inauthentic and they may talk. And just, just the process of thinking through the different implications of any proposed course of action is so fundamental to really validating it and then integrating it in ter- in your understanding. I, I find that one thing I, I'm pretty good at is when I hear a new idea, I think through the implications of that pretty quickly where I just think through, okay, how is this going to actually play out positively and negatively? And then I can often protect myself against a bad idea or sometimes I can refine uh, an idea. So in the case of this is just off the top of my head, but in the case of, say, automation and marketing, it might be, well, I can say, okay, this is in certain places, automation and email is good. And maybe you even announce it and say, hey, this is from automated, Alex. So you make it really clear. But then in other cases, you say, no, I'm always going to have a personal touch with these people because I have an understanding that that having an authentic relationship with people and for them really knowing things are coming for me individually when I act like they're, that is fundamental to my success. So that's just a little example, but you can you can do this with everything. So whether we're thinking about our own individual actions or we're thinking about a principle somebody proposes thinking through the implications with the recognition that human life and therefore human flourishing is a very integrated complex phenomenon where what we want to figure out are what actions, what habits, what practices are going to have cascading positive implications now and in the future. And when I'm thinking of ideas to talk about on this program, that's a lot of what I'm thinking about. What ideas can I share and what form can I share them where you're going to have a lot of cascading positive consequences from acting on them and where you're going to have little to no negative consequences. And I think there there are ideas like that. There are ways of thinking like that, but we can only get to them and we can only apply them if we're on this premise of thinking through implications. So that was my, my enthusiasm about that is an indication of my belief that, that that's probably the most important thing I'm talking about today is thinking through implications, but the context in which it came up is very important as well because relaxed productivity and then having cash confidence and having collaborator confidence so that we can, in our productive lives, just be 
creating and enjoying that process because we know that we've got our bases covered. We know that we're thinking about it, we're approaching it in a long-range and wide-range integrated way. And then, then there's just so much pleasure that can be had from it. And then when we think about how to grow, we think about, okay, how do we grow? But how do we grow in a way where we're going to be able to enjoy it even more, not where we're going to undercut ourselves? So I hope that was useful as well. Not sure whether we're going to cover more on relaxed productivity. If you have any questions about that, feel free to email me at alex at alexepstein.com. Or if you have any questions about thinking through implications, please do that as well. Always very eager for feedback. I've gotten some really nice feedback this week over the phone and via email from people. And it's really great to just hear people benefiting from the concepts in this show and also any suggestions people have. Uh, particularly at this stage of the program, I'm so interested in what you're finding most and least valuable because there, I think with this project, those of us, those of you who are engaged with it already, I think we're on to something, but there, there's, there's so much to figure out in terms of how do we approach this broad issue of human flourishing and knowledge systems in a way that's going to be really, really useful to you and to a lot of other people. So not sure what we're covering next week, but it will be something that uh, I regard as, as very useful, and I hope that you listen to that as well. In terms of what in our takeaway exercise, I always have one of these. What I'd like you to, to share in the comments on Facebook at facebook.com slash human flourishing project is just uh, any area in life where you think you can get better at thinking through implications and then just share a little bit about that. So in, in my life, I'm talking about in terms of thinking about cash and collaborators. That's an area where I'm actively working on getting better at thinking through implications. I'm curious about areas where you are and if you have any great success stories about that, that's welcome as well. But I think there's, there's a lot to mine with this issue of thinking through implications, so I'm particularly curious about that. All right, speaking of relaxation, it is time for the weekend. We are recording this quite late on Friday, so if you don't listen to it Friday night, I hope you enjoy it on your weekend or some later time. Again, if you need to get in touch with me, alex at alexepstein.com to sign up for the newsletter to get notified of these new podcasts every week, go to humanflourishingproject.com and to participate on the Facebook page, go to facebook.com slash humanflourishingproject. All right, I will talk to everyone next week. Until then, I'm Alex Epstein. This has been the Human Flourishing Project.